Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Around the Hype. I have with me here Ranesh. Hey guys. And Ashwant. What's up y'all? And today we will be talking about the biggest takeaways from the first round of the NBA playoffs. So after watching the Mavericks and the Clippers first round, do you guys think Luka needs more help or do you think the Mavs can roll it back with this team? No, uh, they can't roll it back. Yeah, changes definitely have to be made. I mean, not one player on the Mavericks other than Luka was averaging 20 points a game, which is if you if you want to make it out the first round, you need at least two 20 point a game scores. And then especially you're going against Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Luka alone as a 21-year-old definitely cannot handle that. And the Western Conference is only going to get better with Klay Thompson coming back from injuries, the young players from like the Jazz and the Suns all developing. Luka's definitely going to need more help. And you could argue that Kristaps Porzingis wasn't put in the correct position to succeed by Rick Carlisle and they were making him play more spot-up shooting than allowing him to create in the post. But when they did try going to Kristaps in the post, he would always pass it out and move back out to the three-point line. So it's not like Porzingis wanted to take the shots that the Mavs are creating for him. So, and then another thing is, how are you seven foot three getting out rebounded by guards on your team? Exactly, that's pathetic. Boban is was had more impactful minutes. on the court than Kristaps did. Right. And but, but the thing is by the time they can make the Boban changes quite late in the se- like in the game and uh the net rating when Boban's on the court was plus 10 compared to when Kristaps was on the court. So for the people who actually watched like game 7 at least in the fourth quarter, the Mavericks had no problem scoring. Their offense was pretty good like They were getting buckets. But on defense, they just couldn't stop anyone in the paint. They were getting offensive rebounds after offensive rebounds. And okay, Kristaps, you're not you're not being in, you're not being put in a position to succeed offensively, but prove your worth on the defensive side. You're seven three, and you can't get more than five rebounds a game. That's I don't know what to say to that. Exactly, and it also doesn't help that the player they traded for um, during the draft uh, was only getting like 13 minutes per game in Josh Richardson. Yeah, no, but uh, the thing is, they wanted more offensive like thing, and Josh Richardson wasn't really producing. So I understand that decision. But what I really, really, really don't get is how Kristaps is getting. I mean, it's not like he was standing at the three on the defensive end. He was playing inside the paint. So I don't. I still cannot understand how he's getting out rebounded. It just makes no sense to me. I mean, he's he's not a bad player, but. If you have the chance as the Mavericks, I would definitely try trading him to get a better power forward that can space the floor and play off the ball as well as defend. I think actually the Mavericks they should in my opinion they should go for a wing like a Zach Levine maybe who provides them at least gives Luka that good second option because I think From what I saw from Boban that series, I think he's more than serviceable for a seven-game series. Right, he is. No, but the yeah. thing is, if you you can't target Zach Levine now because the Chicago Bulls just got Vucevic, and now with Kobe Kobe White developing Zach Levine and Vucevic, I think they're going to try giving that a shot. But there are uh, players like Jeremy Grant who you can very well trade for. They're really good wingmen. who can also play defense and give you 20 points a game. 
So if you could try trading for a Jeremy Grant or maybe try picking up Kelly Oubre on the defensive end and who could give you good bench minutes, you, you could try picking up players like that who not only can produce on the offensive end but will also help clamp down on the defensive end. You also have like a third star in Tim Hardaway who like as a second option isn't viable but as a third option is like pretty much doable. Yeah, as a third option, or even a sixth man, he's. I think he'd be really good as a sixth man, especially for the Mavs. No, lastly, the thing is, Luka Doncic always starts the game off really hot, but then his production starts to fall towards the end of the game, and everyone keeps blaming him for that. But then, imagine trying to keep the like the entire Mavericks team on your back for like the full game. That's not possible. So what he does is he keeps the Mavs up into the game until the third quarter but then he's just completely fatigued because he's done everything he can and then that's when the Clippers have been pulling away in the games that they won They've, it's always been neck and neck until the third and then just pull away in the fourth because Luka doesn't have any more gas in him and I think game 7 Luka had around like 45 points and 15 assists if I'm not wrong that's literally yeah. almost accounted for like 70, 70 points out of the teams like I don't know how much they scored but I'm pretty sure that's more than like 50% of what they scored. You can't get more you can't get more than 50% production from one player and expect to win a seven game series especially against a team like the Clippers. And one last question, do you guys think that uh this this series actually went to seven games despite the Clippers at least when you compare roster to roster the Clippers are way ahead of the Mavs. So do you think the Clippers have serious question marks? No, no. I... Yeah, I mean, what? it's hard to gauge from, like, this just one series. You have to, like, see more series from the Clippers in order to, like, actually understand whether it's a team problem or Luka was just doing wonders. I don't think it was a team problem. I think it was a coaching problem. Yeah, it could be a coaching problem as well. I mean, I mean you're not putting... The decision to put Kawhi on Luka came at Game 6 and 7, which I don't know why it came that late, but it came that late. You also had Paul George that you could put on Luka Doncic, but instead they were just playing Rondo and Pat Bev on him, which clearly didn't work. Honestly, I think the Clippers have a really good chance at winning, uh, not winning the championship, but making it to the finals because they, the matchups they have that are coming up completely favor them. Speaking of the first round, do you all think game time is over in Portland? Uh, to be honest with you, I don't think game time is over in Portland. I think CJ is going to get traded this offseason. And I think the fact that Dame like, openly requested for him, like obviously he didn't want Terry Stoss to leave, but after they mutually agreed to part ways, the fact that Dame has openly asked for coaches to come in to Portland and play for like so he can play for them, I think that kind of states that he really wants to finish his career in Portland, or rather he wants to stay in Portland. So I think if Portland at least makes the bare minimum necessary moves, he's going to be there. But on the contrary, you saw his, like, his recent Instagram post, which stated that he's like, there's a question. How, yeah. how much longer do you stay dedicated to a team? Right. Basically, so, essentially. So like, he's questioning how much longer he really wants to commit himself to Portland. And then also what you said about requesting coaches to come, he openly requested for Jason Kidd, but that made Jason Kidd run away. So, and if, if he's requesting for one specific coach and he scared that one coach off, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't want to stay in Portland. And again, lastly, 
I don't think Portland has enough pieces to make um, Dame like get a second star per se that can shoot them into contending because there's there, there's no way you could ever contend with the pieces that they have and I don't think they can acquire any significant pieces to get them close to contention. So I'm pretty sure Dame wants out and he'll probably try going in free agency. I don't think he'll request a trade. He is not. He's, I mean, this series he's performed well, fine, I give him credit. But again, I think in game five, if I'm not wrong, he had 10 points or something. And but they, they did win. So, I mean, like, they didn't I win guess it does even out, but... Right. When he scored and also, them, like, stars are bound to have, like, one bad game in a whole series. Right. Because, but, like, fatigue is going to get to him. He's playing over 40 minutes per game. Yeah, I agree. Fine. But the whole narrative that Dame has been a superstar performer in the playoffs and his teammates have been complete crap, I think, is... That is true. It's, it's a narrative. It's just a narrative. It's not the truth. It's That's true. Because if I'm not wrong, in... Two years ago, when Portland played Denver and then the Warriors, in both series, CJ averaged more points per game on better efficiency. And last year against the Lakers, Dame was consistently scoring like just 20 points or below 20 points. Right. And then also, can we also mention how Jokic was just dominating the entire series? And then MBJ also just come in and drop 20 points. And then... Bro, but Austin Rivers in the fourth quarter. And then... After that, they, Jokic and MPJ would just step aside and let Austin Rivers just come in and dominate. I mean, they had people stepping up from every single place. If the Nuggets can continue playing like this, I can see them beating the Suns. But, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. The Nuggets can go It'll be pretty, a tough road, though. Even Yeah, without Murray, obviously, they don't have another scoring X factor. And you can't really rely on role players to carry you through the playoffs. But if the role players can perform the way they did against the Blazers, the Nuggets can go pretty deep. I, I don't think the Nuggets will beat the Suns just, just because of DeAndre. And I think the way he's played in the playoffs has been spectacular. And he's been masterful. And even Jokic himself has said that DeAndre is probably like the hardest the player. Best, like, exactly. The best player and he doesn't even so do that far. well against him. He's like, he's like shooting 30 I think it's more because if you look at DeAndre's build, like he is athletic, he is powerful, he can play, in, but he's also really quick and like he can move around the court and stay exactly. with Jokic. And, and he's also like lanky. Yeah, because Jokic relies on footwork and strength. And DeAndre Ayton can, like, he has one of the best footworks of all, like, footwork of all bigs. And he's hella strong. So, like, he can match up to Jokic's biggest strengths. So, and speaking, speaking of... Oh, yeah. Before we move to the next one, did you guys hear that? I don't know what the Suns are going to do. Apparently, CP3 wants more than 100 million. Mikhail Bridges wants yeah. contract. DeAndre Aiden wants a super max. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm giving Mikhail Bridges money first before CP3. Because I'm, not, one, I'm, not I'm giving DeAndre Aiden, I'm giving DeAndre Aiden the money first. I think next year. Oh, no. Year okay. Yeah. Like, I'm just talking about between Mikhail Bridges okay. and CP3. Oh, obviously, you want to give Aiden first. First because. of all, the center the the center uh, market's gonna be super inflated because after Rudy Gobert got two hundred million, 
Uh, Lu- Everyone's going to want yeah, money. Jokic just won an MVP and apparently he's about to sign for $250 million as an extension, which is the biggest in NBA history. And then, obviously, looking at that, other teams are going to have to step up their offerings for their centers. And with Aiton being a key part of the Suns, he's probably going to ask for around 180 above. So uh, you have to pay that. And I don't think you can hold CP3 for next year unless he takes a pay cut. And I think CP3 needs to understand he's like, what, 37 now? It's, and it's he's constantly to get a getting year, a multi-year $100 million contract. And he's constantly getting injured now. Like last play, or not last players, but last to last against what? Uh, against the Warriors, he had a hamstring injury. Against the Lakers this year, he had a shoulder problem. Yeah. Like... He's just he like he's not durable anymore. Honestly, I can I can see CP3 taking a pay cut because like I think the Suns make a deep run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I I actually think they will make a deep run and and CP3 like the culture and how he's developing so many young stars like Bridges, uh, Aiton and Booker at the same time. Like he's literally nurturing the the future generation for the Suns. So. I, I think, think he might want to stay. I think, I think we're forgetting one thing. CP3's already made so much money. The one thing he doesn't have is a ring. Um, yeah. Speaking of CP3 and rings, do you think Chris Paul is going to win a ring this year? Mm, oh. It'll be difficult because, see, I see them winning against uh, Nuggets. If DeAndre, um, yeah, if DeAndre Ayton holds Jokic to like, something that keeps him out of the game, I don't think MPJ and Austin Rivers and um, Aaron Gordon are going to, like, elevate you over CP3, Devin Booker, Mikel Bridges, uh, Jay, uh, Jay Crowder, people like that, right? So, I, I see the Suns winning. But, but do you think they're going to beat either the Sixers or the Nets? No, not even that. Like, do you think they're going to beat the Clippers or the Jazz? Yeah, I can see sure. them matching up against the Jazz, but against the Clippers, I'm not really sure. Because the way Kawhi's been playing has uh, been um, closer than what the Western, the Western Conference Finals itself is going to be a closer series between the Clippers or the the Jazz. Jazz. So no, see, I really don't know what CP3's health is going to be like in the finals in a seven-game series, especially at this age with the shoulder injury right now. And I mean, I especially if you're going to go up against a team like the Nets or the Sixers, who are like stacked and talented. CP3 is going to have to be at his best and full healthy, which I don't think... No, assume, assume CP3 is fully healthy. You have Kyrie, KD, Harden, and then you have Blake... Blake Griffin's been playing like crazy. Bruce Brown's been playing like crazy. Jeff Green's going to come back. Nicholas Claxton's been getting like two and a half blocks a game. The entire Nets team is stepping up, and if they continue playing the way they play, then the Suns have zero chance. Matter of fact, I can see them getting swept if they come across the Nets in the finals. If the Sixers get to the finals, I also think, like, I think we'll win in six. I don't think we're going to sweep them. I don't really see that. I think they're, like, anytime they play in um, this thing, Phoenix, I think they'll win. So, after seeing Donovan Mitchell this year, do you guys think the Jazz are, like, legit contenders this year? Or are they going to lose in this in this second round or the finals, Western Conference Finals? 
Donovan Mitchell playing this good isn't really something new. We've seen it his rookie year. He beat the Thunder, who had Paul George, Russell Westbrook, Carmelo. They kind of choked think... against the Nuggets, but yeah, but but that wasn't really Mitchell's fault. Like yeah, yeah, he was. I mean, he was playing he had really three... well, but. He had three 40-point games, but the supporting cast couldn't really step up. So. He had three 50-point games, right? Three Not 40. Three, no. he, had, he had two 50s and one 40. Okay. Yeah. I think with the Jazz, like, y- you need more production from Gobert. Like, you need at least 18 points per game from Gobert. That's not happening. That's not going to happen. I, I don't know. That's just what I think. Like, you can't be paying someone 200 whatever million. I know, but the only reason they pay him that is because that's the only chance they get at a good center. They don't even... I don't even think Jazz fans expect him to, like, do well offensively. He's just there for the defensive anchor. No, like, okay, I understand Rudy Gobert has had, like, a historically great defensive season, but I would rather, much, much rather take someone like Daniel Gafford, who's obviously nowhere near Rudy Gobert's defensive level, but... His offensive potential as well. Obviously, the the mark between his defensive level and Gobert's is a pretty big gap. But I would still rather take his defensive level and get the offensive production Gafford gives you. Right. But that's that's also the thing. Um, I don't think the Jazz really need Gobert's offensive production because like everyone else on them are like doing well offensively. Like you had six men of the year, Jordan Clarkson, Joe Ingles. Like, those are... Bogdan. Yeah, and then you have Bogdanovich, Mike Conley, when he's healthy, obviously. Right now, I think he's injured. But he's going to be coming back in a game or two, I think. And then you have Donovan Mitchell himself, who just had a 45-point game. So, yeah, but then, again, it's like you guys said, you can't expect a bunch of role players to step up every game in the whole playoffs. They're not role players, per se. They're not role players. Okay, Jordan Clarkson maybe is a slightly above role player, but I would say people like Joe Ingles are role players. Joe- yeah, but... Like... Bogdanovich is... I, I wouldn't see him as a role player. If he is one, he's like one of the best role players in the league. He's Same like thing cons- with Jordan Clarkson. He's like they're like consistent, uh, minimum 15, 16 points a game consistently. And then Mike Conley as well. So that's like forty-five points a game from three players other than Mitchell. I don't know. I think personally, like I think or I believe at least like if you want to win a title, you're gonna need at least a superstar and, a, and an all-star. Like offensively at least like if you look at all the the past winners in the last 10 years every team has had at least one superstar and another like near superstar level player see honestly i can see it as i i think the jazz will beat the clippers this series but um when the clippers match up against the suns because i also see the suns beating the uh, nuggets it's a 50 50 like i genuinely it could honestly go both ways because they match up perfectly in my opinion, I think, I think the Suns will go to the finals. That's just my opinion, though. Right. It, but it, it's a toss-up between which star Booker or Mitchell plays better. Like, that's literally what it comes down to. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I agree. And I think it's also going to come down to how DeAndre... The, the matchup between Aiton and Gobert as well. Right. So it's, a, it's a positional matchups, but everything is yeah. quite equal. But, like, I don't know, like... DeAndre Aiden, like, everyone thought, like, he's just going to be, like, a role player for the rest of his career. And then, because, like, in the regular season, he's just averaging, like, 15 and 8, 15 and 9. And then, I think in game one of the first round, he just completely outplayed Anthony Davis. He was bullying him. It yeah, was... If, was, if I'm not wrong, he had, like, 20 points, 15 rebounds, like, 10 on 10 field goals. And then Davis was, like, 5 points, 4 rebounds. 
He had four blocks as well. Yeah, I think that's what I think it gave him a lot of confidence as well going into the rest of the series. Yeah, and um, I just want to mention how John Morant had like a really good series against the Jazz. There's no way the Grizzlies were gonna actually beat the Jazz because mm-hmm. like they were completely outmatched. But the way John Morant was performing along with Dylan Brooks, like that is a really good young backcourt. Yeah, I, I, like. I, yeah, no one really expected good. Dylan Brooks to actually do anything. Everyone was just looking at Jaw, but Dylan Brooks did step up. Like, even though they didn't win, like, games, like, they only won one game, like, that's still something you want to see in, like, your young core, that they could actually perform decently well in a playoff game. And I'm actually going to give you guys a surprise name. I think one of the, I think at least like, one of the big reasons that the Grizzlies as well, Grayson Allen. Bro, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was he was good. Bro, like, I mean, he's just knocking down three after three. He's like an explosive scorer. He comes in off the bench. He gives you like nine points in like three minutes and then goes back out. And his he also plays defense. Really he like, yeah. He's, he's, like, he's, like, he's like the annoying pest that just stays with you everywhere on defense. He's like a better Pat Baffley. Yeah. And he knows his role. He gets the ball in the corner. He scores a three threes in like four minutes and he subs out. Yeah, it's like... It's that that Grizzlies team is like bunch of young talent, and honestly, if Jaron Jackson Jr. can get fully healthy, like he was, he didn't seem like he fit in against the Jazz in that series because, like, he would just came back. But if like that that young core, like the full team is just completely young, they can definitely go far. So guys, I think the most irregular thing about this playoffs run is going to be LeBron not even making it to the second round. So. I mean, where do you think his career really goes from this? I think he's on his decline right now. Like, and yeah, oh, he had a good uh, game six, was it? Oh, 29 points or something. Yeah, but did you see how he was playing in the fourth quarter? Absolutely no urgency. Three back-to-back possessions where he walks back on defense. Not even like a slight jog, just straight up walks. Hands on his hips, walking back to guard Chris Paul. Like... I don't know if it's something like he was demotivated because the team was playing bad, but I think he's on his decline right now. Yeah, I wanted to wait until the playoffs before I said anything because, like, watching LeBron in the regular season, I had a feeling that he was, like, starting to fall off. I mean, fall off is a big word considering he's still a really good player, like, top 10 still. But, like, as you could see that there was some, like, element of decline. And But the thing is, LeBron never really is known for his regular season, but rather his playoffs. So I wanted to wait until the playoffs before I made a statement. But I think the, this playoffs confirms what I was thinking throughout the regular season. So Exactly. Uh, and like in the first time in like what feels like forever, it feels like LeBron was human this series. Like you could actually see him being yeah. fatigued. And I think like, okay, I'm not ready to say he's on the complete decline because of that ankle injury. So... I mean, see, in my opinion, the whole narrative that LeBron was going to win MVP when he's healthy was completely false because I think it was really just based on, oh, he's in his 19th or 18th year or whatever, and he's averaging 5-7. Like, you go look at the rest of the league right now, scoring is so inflated. Like, you can see literal, like, role players from two years ago averaging 20 points per game now. Like, scoring is just an inflated stat right now. Like, okay, take, I'm not saying, like, Kyrie Irving, the third option on a stat next, next team, is averaging 27 points per game. When three years ago, that was like, probably that would have probably been like a league high in scoring. True. And 
I don't know. I'm so I'm not ready to say he's on the complete decline. I mean, obviously LeBron's not the player he was in that 2018 carry job, but I I I don't know. I'm not ready to say he's declining. Look, I, would say, I would say he's not improving at all, and he's in a stagnant phase of his career right now. But yeah, I'm not ready to say he's. Would declining. you say? Would you say LeBron's in his Michael Jordan Wizards phase? No, 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 no. I no. think he's, he's still better than that, but. I think it's like a slow decline. Yeah. I don't he's think LeBron's getting gonna, to the point in his career where he's not going to win again. I mean, it depends. I think I think you trade Kuzma for like a decent. Yeah, um, like you had a, like yeah. a lot of factors going bad there. Like there was one game where Dennis Schroeder didn't even score anything. Kuzma was god awful. Like but, if you could trade and get like good players, some like good role players who will actually like perform, like. Kind of like the Jazz, right? Who, uh, how they have like top tier yeah. role players who constantly perform. They don't even have to be like top tier. They could be like decent enough like, to actually think, help LeBron. Okay, like, right now, my thing is like the Lakers. They have Anthony Davis, who's a superstar, but he didn't play like a superstar this series. I think that's the main reason they lost. And second, LeBron, who personally I wouldn't say he's a superstar right now. He's near superstar level. So I think their their bench really needs work. Their bench. Wait, can I just say? I've been trying to say this for the past two years. Anthony Davis is way too high, like rated by everyone in the basketball. Yeah, he course, he does course. not. He's 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 never been top five in his entire career. I don't know why people have been putting him there. I mean, yeah, sure, he's definitely not top five. I, when I mean superstar, I mean he has the potential to be because of right. his age. Like he's he's scratched top ten. I think the highest he's ever gotten in the top ten in the NBA is probably eight or nine. But the way people have been calling Anthony Davis, like, they, they think of him as such a god. I just, I've never been able to, to like, I saw, that. I saw an Instagram poll that said, who's a better power forward, Tim Duncan or Anthony Davis? I'm like, how is it even a question? Exactly. Like, it's just, it, it, it's, it really messes with me how Anthony Davis, I'm not saying he's a bad player. Like, he's a really good player. He's a no, superstar. Tim Duncan but, would put him to sleep. He'd have, he'd just go like 21 0. <laughs> Yeah, but he, he's a superstar. Obviously, he's not bad. But the thing is, he, he's not what everyone else in the basketball community makes him out to be. Especially with all the injuries too now. So, yikes. Bro, and I even saw the Lakers page saying Davis is more uh, skilled than Dirk Nowitzki. Yikes. Proving my point. Overdated. I mean, this the performance, Davis. You cannot, you cannot do that in the first round if you're considered a top five player ever. Like you cannot get outplayed by a dude in his third year who has not even been known to be that great. Like, yeah, I mean, if it's someone like Luca outperforming you, okay. Like Luca outperformed everyone in the Mavs and Clippers series, so no one's gonna say anything about no one's gonna say anything about Kawhi being outperformed by Luca because that's just Luca's standard right now. But obviously, people are going to talk when Anthony Davis gets outperformed by DeAndre Ayton. That, that's saying something. Like the third or prob- the, the third option is beating arguably the number one scoring option on the Lakers. So exactly, like it's not a big thing when like a superstar outperforms a superstar in the playoffs. It's something though if like a role player outperforms a superstar in the playoffs. What do y'all think about um, CP3 and uh, Jay Crowder mocking the Lakers after uh, when Jay when Jay Crowder hit the salsa? (laughs) salsa. I was screaming that that was iconic. Like 
he completely justified. I back it because especially after what Andre Drummond was doing when LeBron was posting Crowder up. Exactly. Like I don't see why Lakers fans are pissed at this. Like game two and three, the Lakers were like it seemed like the Lakers are mocking the Suns. They were like, exactly like with the bench uh, hyping up LeBron during a post up, shit like that. Like and then when they do it back, you're like, oh, where's the sportsmanship? Like. We're, you didn't show it first. They're not going to show it either. And 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 CP3 is known for being one of the most petty players petty. in the oh, NBA. Yeah. So like, obviously, if you're going to poke him, he's going to poke back harder. So wait, what did CP3 say? I I, I thought oh, no, CP3 was mocking LeBron's post up. Oh, I mean, CP3 and LeBron are friends, anyways, right? Yeah, and I mean, he was he was also talking so much shit. Like that's classic CP3. Yeah, it was it was nice. Has CP3 won an MVP? No, no. I think he's gotten votes, though. Well, speaking of MVPs, <laughs> uh, did you guys see the news that Nikola Jokic won MVP today? Very well-deserved. Well-deserved. Oh, Ashwan's saying it's what do you deserved. Mean? I've been voting Jokic for MVP ever since What happened to Embiid, duh? Bro, when Embiid has a good game, obviously I'm gonna go on a rant saying Embiid's MVP. You're just hyping up your like your one of your favorite players on your favorite team. Yeah, but like I, in all honesty, Jokic deserved MVP 100. percent Yeah, like obviously I'm gonna go running around saying Steph what should have won MVP, but like everyone knows Jokic should have won MVP. Like, like with with I mean at least if you don't take like the real term most valuable, but you just take like the criteria that's been there for the last five years. Jokic definitely win. Definitely. Exactly. And then, what do you think about everyone saying big men are dead? And Jokic just comes back and is the first big man MVP since Shaquille O'Neal. I agree. It's not even that. Because look at the runner-up as well. Joel Embiid, another center, also. Yeah, but okay. but Joel Embiid, at least, okay, fine. He has some, like, classic center game to him. Nikola Jokic barely has any, like, traditional center game to him. Even have you seen Embiid taking step back three, step back fadeaways? Yes. Like yes. Like yeah, that that's what I'm saying. I'm saying like Embiid is not like they're not traditional centers. They're not like bro. Like I think when you say the they're revolutionizing game, the center. You say the center game. game is dead. Are you ever gonna see Andre Drummond win, Andre Drummond in an MVP now? <laughs> ah yeah yeah okay that makes sense. Yeah like Andre Drummond is probably just like a Walmart Shack I guess. So. So, oh, that that that's disrespectful to Shaq. That is disrespectful to Shaq. Okay, he's like a he's like a dollar store Shaq. <laughs> that's still disrespectful to Shaq. It's still disrespectful, but yeah, we get your point. Yeah, but like, uh, the, so you think the the position of traditional centers are dying, whereas tr- like revolutionized um, positionless. Like- yeah, like oh, I would say. Like the best bigs in today's games are somewhat they're, they're position fluid. Here's my hot take, but also not kind of a hot take. Luka Doncic is a top three NBA player in the in NBA player right now. I don't. I mean, I don't really see that as debatable. He's top five without a doubt. Top three. I mean, you have KD, you have Giannis, you have. Mm, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I, I'd yeah. seem like four. I'd seem like four. I would say in the playoffs right now, like if you're taking just the playoffs, there's uh, the whole like there's Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and then KD. But, obviously, but then, like if you're taking the season play, and playoffs, play then the like, yeah, it's yeah. No, but then, like, like if if we're talking 
like, because obviously to be solidified that high, you need to have more than one season backing it. Luca had last season, and then people thought last season couldn't get much better. It got much better. So I obviously, I mean, and last year I think was like a seventh or a sixth best in the NBA season. Now it's definitely top three. Only two people in the NBA that I think are better than Luca right now is Giannis and KD. KD because he's an offensive like demon. And then Giannis because he can also play on the defensive end, so he's more of an asset. I'd put like Nikola Jokic above him. I, I can see that. I seem like I see I would like I would put more. Steph above him as well. I oh, know. Yeah. I think Luca's better than Steph. Right now, I would um, put Steph over. Right Luka. now, this season, like, Luca is the best point guard in the NBA. That's a hard take. I think I'd still, I, I think I'd still take like Steph. Yeah, yeah fine. Let, but okay, yeah, but that's that's why it's a hot take. But yeah, yeah, yeah okay. you need that your hot take. Luca's the best point guard in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, fine. Okay, there we go. That's my hot take. Luca is the best point guard in the NBA. So that's all for today, folks. Stay tuned for our next episode, which will be releasing soon. And for more content like this, do check out our Instagram page around the hype. Thank you. Peace out, yo. Peace out.